1: You know, you got you got nice color skin. What color would you say that is? My color. The Osage. They have the worst land possible. But they outsmarted everybody. The land had oil on it. Black gold. Money flows freely here now. I do love that money, sir. <laughs> this wealth should come to us. Their time is over. It's is going to be another tragedy. When this money start coming, we should have known it came with something else. They're like buzzards circling our people. We're still warriors.
2: I ought to kill these white men who killed my family.
1: Anita.
0: Take back control of your home.
1: I was uh, sent down from Washington, D.C. to see about these murders. See what about them? See who's doing it. to make all this go away.
2: Hello and welcome to the Film Club and this is a surprise for you lovely listeners a surprise and a treat as I chat Martin Scorsese's latest movie Killers of the Flower Moon starring DiCaprio, De Niro and Lily Gladstone but more importantly I speak with Chief Standing Bear Now for those of you not aware Scorsese's latest is set in the Osage Nation in Oklahoma during the 1920s The Chief is the present day leader of the Osage and he kindly granted me some time to discuss the movie and his people Before that As usual, I chat with Tim about the film, and then it's over to Chief Standing Bear. There's plenty more great history to come on the pod, including the history of running, an interview with General David Petraeus, and plenty more. But until then, let's get cracking talking Killers of the Flower Moon. Tim Hewitt, welcome back to the film club for today's Killers of the Flower Moon. Welcome, Tim. Hello, thank you very much for having me. So, listeners, if they're not sure what Killers of the Flower Moon is, because it's only just come out and Tim and I have created such a following on this podcast that now we've got film companies begging for us to appear at their early screenings and Killers of the Flower Moon is one that we did attend just over a week ago. And it is the latest Martin Scorsese movie. It is based on a series of murders that took place in Oklahoma in the 1920s. It stars, well, two longtime favorites of Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. And... It is quite a film. It's also stars. uh, I would say uh, those are the two longtime stars. I really want to give a shout out to Lily Gladstone, who is the, I'd say, third star of the film. She plays the wife of Leonardo DiCaprio. Robert De Niro plays the uncle of Leonardo DiCaprio. Now, we're not going to give any spoilers. Okay, so don't worry. We're only going to, similar to the way we did Oppenheimer early on, we are only going to talk a little bit about the film. But, Tim, first reactions, we've hmm. only seen it once. Unlike most of the, on the film club, we see, like, millions of these films. Or, or rather, we see them <laughs> millions of times.
0: Well, I mean, it, it a difficult one to talk about, I suppose, in depth. Which, I mean, we're not going to talk about it in depth. Or, not, in any no, way. and just, sorry,
2: just before I'm, uh, just for the listeners' sake, hmm. we, we're going to do a short chat about the film, and then I'm going to hand us over to me talking with chief standing bear who is the leader of the the chief of the osage nation the native american tribe that is so prominent Well, it's the main it's the tribe in in the film so so that's why it's gonna this podcast is a, a chat with tim and then a chat with chief standing bear
0: and he was the consultant on the film i believe wasn't he yes yeah. he was i mean talking about it in depth but the thing is is you know we we saw it just there a week ago it is an a pretty epic film with so much in it i mean it, let me I'll, I'll start it by saying uh, martin scorsese in his 80s doesn't seem in any way shape or form as if he's going to wane or lose run out of steam He's making films as if he was still in his twenties or thirties. Uh, I I think you look at the the energy he puts into something like The Wolf of Wall Street that could have been made. I mean, looked like it had been made by someone in their thirties, but actually he was in his seventies. The Irishman, pretty remarkable. I did think it was a pretty remarkable film at three hours and twenty six minutes. Ollie and I did discuss briefly afterwards that yes, he could probably have trimmed bits here and there. I think that was the middle section or the, or leading into the third act. They could have trimmed down. But the the whole point of it, really, I felt that the, towards the end, having been in that screening room for three hours and 20 minutes, the climax of the film, which I won't give anything away, but the cli- I felt I we needed to have a film that length. So to, to, you sort of felt like now you knew the history of these characters because you'd spent so much time with them. That it all paid off, right? DiCaprio is excellent. We, it was so nice to see him playing quite a weak character. Yeah, for a change. this isn't a
2: traditional role for him at all. No,
0: um, you do you think would... his people were telling him? Leonardo, I'm not sure. I don't about know. This. <laughs> it's not. It's a difficult one because his his physical appearance is very different. He he's a bit of a loser in it. I think it was probably. I don't know what his managers would have said but i can you can see why he was attracted to this to this role robert de niro is so good he is a conniving charming evil bastard which i you know it's a kind of a nice i want to say a change because you know we see him in such tough roles but there are moments where he's quite vulnerable and and i don't want to say weak but you know, when when he kicks up a fuss because somebody has done something slightly incorrectly after he has given them explicit orders of how to do something nasty, in inverted commas, he sort of kicks, kicks up a bit of a strop fuss. And it's really nice to see this slightly different angle coming from Ryan Scorsese's directed him, what, nine, t- ten times now, I think, or well, maybe this is number more. six for, for DiCaprio, isn't okay. it? is its it six or is it seven? Oh, quick, let's go. <laughs> uh, Gangs of New York, Shutter Island, The Aviator, the, the Departed, Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, yeah, I think it is six then. So and it's lovely to see to see DiCaprio and De Niro back together after so long. They did This Boy's Life a long time ago, which DiCaprio is one of his first roles. And it was De Niro who told Martin Scorsese, look, I'm working with this kid and he is amazing. You've got to work with him. A nice little full circle. Um, yeah interesting they haven't worked before actually yeah yeah um could you argue dicaprio is the sort of de niro of the 2000s well yeah i mean i suppose he is really de niro's i don't know if you've ever seen that that it's on i think it's not, it's available on youtube it's uh extended casino commercial directed by martin scorsese starring martin scorsese robert de niro DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, and it's called the audition, and it's basically Di- DiCaprio and De Niro competing for the same role in a Martin Scorsese film, and they have a bit of a face-off and an argument, and it's really funny. It's very funny, and, what, and um, you can get that
2: on YouTube. So I'll dig that out. Yeah, I think series. it's
0: yeah, yeah, it's and it, and and it basically kind of parodies the current relationship that Scorsese's having with DiCaprio and kind of having left behind Rob De Niro. Now, you, you watch Killers of the Flower Moon and, you know, nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, this is an amazing collaboration. Highly shameful behaviour from the, from the Whites. I felt like it was a horror film. Yeah, interesting you say that. I think the closest it, Scorsese's ever got to a horror film was probably Shutter Island with DiCaprio and Mark ruffalo and max von Sydow, but this is sort of treading on that kind of those tropes and moments it's not a you know we ah, it's a bit it's a shame that we always think martin scorsese violence gangsters of course he's excelled in that type of film and that genre and there are the old other film not necessarily gangster films where he's made where there has been you know a certain amount of violence but this is kind of creeps up on you and then punches you in the stomach just with with a very simple visual. I don't know if you remember. I'm not going to give anything away, but there is a dead body that seems just quite at peace, and then somebody lifts them up, and there is a very gruesome image. There's no warning. It's like a a sudden shock tactic that, I mean, is in keeping with <laughs> the theme of the film. He's always exploring new territories. Martin Scorsese, I think this is his kind of first uh, quote. Western. He's never made a, a film set in this era that, that, or anything kind of in the in the in the West, the Old West, I suppose, if you want to describe it. It's a, it's um, you know, not cowboys, but
2: no, a, ne- a um, neo West. De Niro is a cattle baron. I thought of you course. meant De Niro owned a ranch and a bit. Like no, sorry, sorry, Harrison a character Ford. in the film. Yeah, but it's it's because the last neo-western that came out was Power of the Dog, I think it was. Yes, I thought was hugely overrated. So did I. To be quite frank, found it very boring. Mm -hmm. This is not that.
0: No, this is oh, this is head and shoulders. Yeah, million times better. Funnily enough, both starring Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons always performs solid. I mean, he's always great. I think he was the only good thing about Power of the Dog. Yeah, I agree. Uh, That's. are you all, no, we're on the same. Uh, Kirsten Dance is always quite quite good. I think she was she was she was good, but I did find it forced. The villainy was was very forced. I felt the one particular lead character. The the uh, but going back where, to mm, Killers
2: of the Flower Moon, mm. I also found because I came into it not really knowing anything about the story. It was all a bit mm. rushed. Because, you know, we are, we, are, we have to field a lot of these questions for people begging for us to go to these screening mm-hmm. rooms. And mm-hmm. Scorsese was badgering me for weeks.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, but,
2: but so I did give in, but I didn't really do much background reading. And I'll put a link in because there is a mm-hmm. book that this is based on. At, it was a bestseller. And yeah. not knowing, I think, made the experience even more powerful, actually. I, I guess made me feel like it was um, a horror film because
0: yeah. Well, I didn't know I didn't know that the the approach that Scorsese was going to take with the particular subject matter. I had read essentially I knew something about the fact that it was involved the Osage people and DiCaprio and De Niro were in it doing something. I had no idea that it was going to be a sort of a kind of whodunit. But as Scorsese put it recently, it's he, he said the funny thing is it's not so much as a who done it, it's a who didn't do it. For those of the listeners who obviously who maybe haven't read anything about it and are like and are thinking, well, what do what are you talking about? It essential I mean, can we say essentially what the gist is? Well, I think I mentioned at the start
2: that this is based on events during the 1920s mm. where there were a series mm. of, of killings in a part of Oklahoma that was owned by the Osage Nation. And on that land was oil, and that meant that the Osage Nation essentially owned, w- were mm. hugely wealthy because they're sitting on black gold. And that therefore attracts characters who have malevolent intentions. I don't really want to go into any more detail than no. that. No, um,
0: Fine. Um, so and yeah, that's so, in the so, summary so, of
2: the film, and if you watch the, um, the watch the trailer, I've all, I have put the trailer in at the beginning, so that kind of gives you a rough idea. Yeah,
0: and nasty stuff does start to happen. Tim, what about Oscars? Are you are we are we thinking? Um, liberal... Well, I, I was having a talk, a, a brief discussion with a friend of mine. You know, Oscar. It was always the 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 first reaction was Oscars question mark question mark.
2: Now, even though the, we think they're a bit of a joke nowadays,
0: don't we? We do think they're a bit of a joke, but, you know, one, we we do sometimes hope that they get it right on occasion Um when something comes out that really stamps its mark. I mean, there have been part- times, you know, years in the past where the Oscars have happened and you're like, well, I just uh, any with the choice it's difficult to say because anyone could get it. Does Did do they deserve it? I don't know. What's flavor of the month? Blah, blah, blah. I'm still not entirely sure that The Shape of Water should have won as much as it won the year it came out. But that's an aside. What's going to be intriguing is I think Oppenheimer is in with a shout for the big ones. Actor, for sure. Screenplay direction i would probably put down an even film the only issue is i think oppenheimer's biggest competition is now going to be this yeah they're both pretty epic they're both so important in its in their subject matters i don't know it's a tricky one dicaprio is certainly worthy of a nomination de niro is definitely worthy of a nomination lily is i would probably say Supporting actress. I don't know if you could class her as the lead actress. I don't think there is a lead actress actually in Killers. So Oppenheimer but, cost hundred million, I think. Yeah. Killers of the Flower Moon
2: cost two hundred million. I guess that's the, I, I design.
0: Well, the design would probably.
2: Why I mean, is that? I don't know. Uh, the, they're I don't only. Know. I think, you know, in 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 reality, they're only film. You know, the 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 setting is only twenty years apart, if that. You know, in some scenes. Well,
0: I would assume that DiCaprio's. Fee was way higher than Killian Murphy's, got it. Which is sacrilegious, of course, because Killian Murphy was in almost every frame. He holds the film. You know, it's basically his. But I don't how, know. Much, uh, how much? How
2: much a DiCaprio type actor's getting? For I think a they're
0: around the twenty-five million mark. So he's a quarter of the bud, uh, uh, an eighth of the budget. And De Niro, similar fee? Probably similar. So. You know, I mean, you, know, the, the, you forget, <laughs> you look at the design and everything, and actually the design of the film is the cheapest part compared to the actor's fees. Yes.
2: I wanted to mention Lily Kim.
0: No, she's she, um, she's astonishingly good in this.
2: She, so she's not well known at all. Were you aware of her before this film? No,
0: no, a uh, completely new discovery, which I think is, is amazing. She fits seamlessly into it. I mean, she really was excellent, you know, kind of not very, sh- not showy at all in her performance very subtle in fact lovely throwaway lines in 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 her own language which is one thing i also wanted to mention the 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 beautiful osage language that they that they use quite prominently in the film
2: i did say a few words of osage with chief standing bear he taught me a words
0: that's that's very very cool um, as you know, I'm a huge Dancers with Wolves fan. So I, the Native American culture all, of all the tribes, I mean, they are so stunning. True conservationists, real people of the land. Well, that's
2: why it's such an important um, film, mm. actually, similar to Oppenheimer. Yes, absolutely. Tim, we're probably going to have to wrap up, I think, because we've done about 20 minutes
0: on this. Oh, we have? Wow, that went quickly. I know. Do you want? Is there anything else you uh, want to say? No, just uh, you know, an excellent screenplay by Eric Roth and Martin Scorsese co-wrote it. Costume design, everything in in the film is is impeccably done. Supporting actors and supporting parts, really, really great. That's about it.
2: Based on a um, very good, but as I mentioned at the start, best-selling mm. history book by David Gran, Scorsese's picked up his other book, which is... Seamlessly leads us on to our next film club next week, which is *The Bounty*, the second book by David Graham, or, or the next book that David by David Graham that only came out earlier on this year, and has been picked up by Scorsese and is it's I think it's in it's it, it, I don't know if he's filming it at the moment. You, you're you're good at that sort of stuff. Um, I don't know.
0: I think it's in pre-production. The wager.
2: The, or the wager and with DiCaprio. Yes. So that'll be very interesting. Um, but Tim, thank you. That leads our listeners to, if you can spare three and a half, uh, uh, probably plus, plus all the adverts nowadays, Is you're talking three hours, 40 minutes.
0: Yeah, it's worth it. It's worth to see on the big screen, I think, as well.
2: Yeah, maybe get there 20 minutes late, miss all the adverts.
0: Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, They're just the same things over and over.
2: Okay, great stuff. Thanks, Tim. I'll hand you over to... Thank you very much. And um, we'll be talking Bounty next week, and I'm going to hand me over to me and Chief Standing Bear.
1: (laughs) Hello, Oliver. Hello, Chief Standing Bear. How are you? Good, thank
2: you. And how are you enjoying London?
1: Well, I came in yesterday, uh, late afternoon, and took advantage of the evening to uh, sleep, but... uh, (laughs) So here I am, but I, I on the way in, uh, I drove by, well, I didn't. The driver drove by Buckminster Palace. Oh, and excellent. Square, and I saw from a distance Big Ben. So uh, that was fun. Tomorrow I have a little time, and uh, I do know <laughs> a couple of sites, um, if I have time, uh, the British Museum and uh, – and the Tower of London, um, both of those I've always wanted to explore a little bit. So, and, and you know, I, I'm 70 years old, so I'm not going, I was telling myself, I'm not going to have the ability to walk around too much uh, now, but when I'm older, it'd be probably less. So this is my big opportunity. So, uh, I'm going to take a look. So I, I don't want to cut into your time. Let's. Hey! Just-
2: no, no, don't worry. I know. I'm. I'm glad you're. Um, you're taking advantage, and and you're going to see as much as possible. That's that's. Uh, that's great. And okay. I, I'm. I'm. I suppose I'm going to ask you a question that you, you probably answered a million times. But what did you think
1: of the film? I love the film. I'm. I'm impressed with the film to the point I've been calling it historic, uh, because we, the Osage, are telling our story, uh, through the greatest talent, uh, I believe, uh, on earth today in the, in the way of fil- uh, film presentation. And it, because we saw it being made uh, with uh, in the sets that Jack uh, Fisk and his team were doing, and Osages were working on that. We saw Rodrigo and his cinematographers and two Osages I know of were working in his department, and the costumes and, and of course, the language uh, department. We're working with uh, Marianne Bauer, producer and uh, all their folks. And uh, the culture scenes were uh, authentic, they had consulted. But we never thought it would be presented in context that they would actually get it right. and and they did. And to see see our language culture, and our day-to-day personalities e- expressed and the actors who spent so much time with us um, seemed like they they just became so much part of, of how it really is. Uh, because, you know, this movie a 100 years ago, but that's a time of my grandparents who grew up, they were in their age in their 20s when all this was happening, that generation. So even though we didn't talk about this, these murders not only not only a gray horse but all around our people we didn't talk about it a lot but uh but to uh, see see those people and their personality the way they act it, it's i don't know how they did it lily gladstone was just an extraordinary performance wasn't it well she spent a lot of time with us because she developed good personal uh, relationships uh with us and uh, and just so I got to know her as a person, and uh, although we met De Niro and DiCaprio, um, you know they you know they didn't spend as much time with us, so she we just feel like Lily is one of us, and uh, to see how uh, she begins the movie and ends the movie and is is and and and, and drives it, it's just like. We were told it was going to be they're going to tell the story through Molly's eyes and Lily plays Molly. And they did. They did. And she she shows us from start to end, uh um, through her eyes, this story. And and that is that is incredible that somebody could do this and, and then be at the same scene with Leonardo DiCaprio or Robert De Niro, or the lawyers and others, very impressed.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And I wanted to ask you, because I went into this film quite cold, not really uh, being aware of the story. I'd heard of the book, of course, but I just watched these crimes unfolding on the screen with mounting horror. I just couldn't believe that something like this could happen. And... I'm so glad that a filmmaker like Scorsese made it so that we all do know now this story. But coming from being a, a leader of the Osage and having this, this knowledge, I guess, what has it been like having this knowledge this whole time but knowing it not that many people know about it, and now they do?
1: It's uh, been under discussion, but very private, until some Osages about 20 years ago said i'm going to start telling the story um outside of our small uh, families and community and uh charles Redcorn uh wrote uh a pipe for february uh denny mcauliffe another osage wrote uh, the death civil bolton um and then there were some um, manuscripts that others were putting together and so we started hearing more and more about it and then when david Grange uh, came with uh, Catherine Redcorn as his uh, person inv- introduced him around. Uh, David uh, did, you know, did not inquire. He he just we just got to know him. He got to know us, and and then he took time and and, and to find a way to respectfully approach those who were directly impacted. The children of those who were murdered. The grandchildren of those who were murdered. But David's book has to be read to understand this story. As one uh, person told me this morning, they're companion pieces. And, and, and the book uh, says, yeah, this is a true story, and I'll prove it. And they prove it through the documentation that is on file uh, uh, in the archives of the, of the United States federal systems. And so he, he proves that, and uh, records of the Osage Agency where the guardians that are appointed over so many Osages who uh, are designated to uh, have res- what they call restricted Indian uh, status and numbers. Um, how um, they are uh, also victims, just not murdered, but victims to take away all their wealth, which was most of our tribe. Uh, so, yeah. It's uh, something we know about. We didn't talk about too much. But some Osages started talking about it more. And um, we, we, we never thought that it would go to the point where David would write this such a quality, interesting book, which led to the movie.
2: And whilst I was watching the film, we all have this knowledge of the way Native Americans were treated by the U.S. government. No, I don't think so.
1: I think uh, the, when you look at a book called 1491 uh, uh, or, or other n- new research and, and even information uh, being revealed by the satellite views, li- LIGAR, what do you call that, of the Amazon uh, or other parts of, of the uh, Western Hemisphere, the numbers uh, of people that inhabited Uh, this hemisphere before Western contact, were in the um, tens of millions uh, uh, many times over that. that. And uh, so to understand that uh, the uh, Americas, uh, the United States area, that there were just not a few hundred thousand people living here, but there's over 20 million people living here, and these smallpox epidemics and others uh, and the wars and the uh, genocide. You can, you can say genocide with, and saying, if you don't believe it, I can prove it to you. Let's have a whole year to go through things because you want to see proof. So it's when you lose nine out of 10 of your people, um, over, um, a 60, 70 year period, you're going to lose your, your belief system, your culture, your, 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 your uh, uh, your language. Uh, uh, there will be mergers with other tribes. Uh, so, yeah, everyone knows it happened, but the scale of it, uh, it, it, it is overwhelming. It, it's the it's the worst, to my uh, knowledge and reading, uh, that's ever happened on the planet. Yeah, it's the worst.
2: And so then that. It it stands to reason then that we should be seeing more history, really, to look look more into this. There's still many
1: more stories to be told. Well, yes, and it needs to be shown. And and of course, the lessons need to be learned, which is uh, uh, don't don't introduce uh, uh, yourselves into a community uh, without understanding that they may not have resistance to any disease that you carry, which is something you have immunities to, which they don't. Or once you into a period of of, of cooperation and residence, you, you need to understand these are their natural resources, and they you know these may be uh, religious sites to them, uh, and these resources also should be shared the benefits financial benefits with reason, so not to destroy the environment, but also to share with them and not take it all and take it away, and. Um, uh, I mean those kinds of lessons, and don't even get further into administration, where everybody, as in the movie, gets a number, and so hi, I'm Molly Kyle, she says, Osage roll number, and I'm, you know, and uh, I'm a restricted Osage. I mean, if you're if you're into a world where the government is giving you a number, let's not do that anymore. I I have a number. I'm number forty nine ten in the nineteen fifty three roll. You know, you know, we have now stopped that, but in that that world, uh, everyone had a number, and I, I ran into a gentleman, um, who's he said, well, he was from Europe, his people, and at, at an airport uh, on the way over here, he asked me uh, what I was going for, and I started talking. I told him that part, and he goes, well, my my grandparents in Europe, they were given numbers, and I said, well. Don't do that. <laughs> so, so when people come into other people's uh, um, areas, you know, be, be be remember you're a guest, and if you're going to become part of the community, become part of the community. Don't try to take control of everyone and just to get their wealth, their livelihood, or their lives. And that's what we see. So that goes on from what I read, and I I don't travel much. But I think as all this goes on today, and, and it's not a matter of what political systems in play. It, it, it just happens, and, and, and there are just principles of, of living that need to be agreed upon. One of the most powerful things the elders taught us to hand down as they passed away was a statement, be good to one another. Okay? That is strong, strong statement. And, and that's that principle. There's one that I can think of. The other one, they say, is always put respect first. Always do that. Those are strong principles of the Osage. And that's, those are principles I believe other people should observe as well.
2: And so looking at today, how are the Osage today? We've got this new film now. There's going to be a lot of attention on the Osage, but what's the state of play in, in the um, for the Osage people now?
1: Half of our people do not even live in the state of Oklahoma. We have about 25,000 people. Um, the um, Of the oil interest, uh, only about one in five of the Osage have any oil interest in what goes on. But our production of oil, we estimate about 1.5 billion uh, barrels were uh, removed out. Uh, We received a royalty interest for those that had had head-run interest. That is now down to about 10,000 barrels a day. And again, most OSAs do not receive anything from that. We have small casinos. We're a rural area. We prioritize use of those proceeds for uh, education uh, of our people in the modern world, in college and trade school scholarships, language revitalization to support our cultural sites, for burial assistance and for health programs. We are now trying to take on the challenges head-on of anxiety, depression, trauma, including generational trauma, and alcoholism, uh, diabetes, all these sugar-based diseases from improper diets. We are very proud of the way we have built up. After the COVID, uh, we had no meat in our area and very little other food. And so uh, we have built a meat processing plant. We can process 60 to 80 head of bison or cattle, a month. Uh, that's on one shift, and we have about 2,000 head of cattle and 250 head of of bison that we have on land we've repurchased. It used to be ours, lost to other ranchers. We take we are taking what funds we can, and we're we're trying to learn to be self sufficient. Uh, we have the challenges now, of course, in all of this to make them sustainable. And also the new areas such as the, the mental health areas and all those, they have to be tackled. We don't know what the cost of that's going to be in the long run. But also now we see an, a, a pressing need for expanded uh, health uh, access, quality health that is so expensive, a priority, um, and we need affordable housing we just opened a casino the the day I left here is the day we opened our casino on our tribal capital but it created new jobs but where are they going to stay where are they going to live um, we have to have affordable housing um, so we are just now building 5g internet uh, people say oh go To home, to work, or to school, well, in cities that may work, but in the rural areas when you don't have internet or have satellite, low-quality internet, that doesn't make sense. But we're just now uh, building um, um, internet uh, in our world. So that's progress. So we have a lot of work to do, and there's limited resources to do it. And and the indigenous people, uh, the tribe the Osage Nation, for example, we can work with our local governments today in getting that done because we're all affected by it. You got me going there with that question.
2: No, no, I'm uh, fascinated actually because I was also wondering if you, because you're you're talking about all the problems, and I wondered if you're optimistic for the future. I mean, I, I guess we have to be, don't we? If we, if as you and your position as, as chief.
1: And you see, a, see our uh, nine and ten year old uh, children who have been through our schools learning, uh, as they say, STEAM. Uh, we, or some called it STEM, but we had an art, science, technology, math, um, and and, and, they're, and art, and and they're they're learning that, but they're also learning our language. So you can see the effect of what we're trying to do when an eight or nine-year-old who's been going to our schools stands in front of the family at a dinner and the Osage have many dinners and that young person says the opening prayer, the, the blessing for the meal in the Osage language and to see that I've seen some older people break out into tears when they see that and uh, jokes me as well. So that's the proof we're on the right path. And then at that casino opening, we had our school, uh, a class of our school children come and sing songs in Osage. And uh, they, they, um, they, they made the event. So um, we did not have that 10 years ago. So, um, so, so it, it, it's working, but we, we've got to protect it and we've got to be, uh, aggressive in supporting, uh, these initiatives. But we have to be careful not to, uh, um, go expect too much. We have to set our goals that are realistic and which we can meet that benefits people. Um, and we can, we can assess that and, and measure it. Uh, and that, thats a lot of work. The people have to jump on board, and 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 say this is this is the goal. This is where we're going to be. Uh, don't be afraid to change change if it didn't work out. It's all we're all in this together, and and let's just keep organized and keep moving, and uh, and observe uh, respect for each person's ways of of going through our lives. So so that that's a, that is the challenge we we need we every day and night. And we all do that, all people, correct?
2: Of course, yes, absolutely. Well, Chief Standing Bear, this has been fantastic. Thank you. Can you just say thank you to me in Osage? Because I, I don't think I've ever spoken Osage with anyone before.
1: Well, you can say the short version. You can say thanks, way wana. Way you know, but way onea, way onea, way And actually, though, to be men, especially if you want to be more uh, formal, you say, "Lali wajoa," and, and that means you did well.
2: Lali wajoa, right? Nah,
1: you got it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thank you for listening. Lali wajoa. Plenty more great content on the way, so please do rate, review, and subscribe if you can. Until then, way and good night.